Uh, I will call to order the Peace River Town Council regular meeting for Monday, December the 14th, 2020 at uh, 14 minutes after five. Um, so we have the agenda in front of us. Uh, are there any additions, Mr. Parker? Oh, Mr. Parker's in there, Ms. Bell. Yeah, it's, it's myself this evening. No, there are no additions to the agenda, your worship. Are there any deletions to be had? None, your worship. Okay. Um, uh, so we will, uh, uh, so is there an adoption? Uh, uh, so do I have a motion to adopt the agenda as presented? Mr. Needham, all in favor? Um, that takes us to the minutes of the November 23rd, 2020 regular council meeting. Um, Will, um, are there any additions or changes required there? I'll move the agenda as presented. Pardon All me, the minutes as presented. All in favor? Uh, that will take us to, uh, um, I see there's no presentations. That then takes us to public hearings on bylaw 2079. So uh, I need a motion to open the hearing. So uh, if I could get a councilor mo to move that council open a public hearing on the matter of bylaw 2079. Mr. Ford, all in favor? Uh, I hereby declare the statutory public hearing open at uh, 16 minutes after five and note this hearing on, uh, I suppose I should say on December the 14th, 2020 and note that this hearing is being held pursuant to section 7, 8, 230, 606 and 692 of the Municipal Government Act. Any member of the viewing public uh, uh, that may be hearing via the video live stream may submit comments via info at peaceriver.ca. So I will now request the executive assistant to confirm uh, A, what the purpose of this public hearing is when the public hearing notice was advertised in the local newspaper uh, and see what that any written submissions received and not included in the public hearing agenda package be read into the record. Um, Ms. McQuaig or uh, who's the executive assistant for today? Martin. That is myself, Your Worship. I was muted. I apologize. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's generally a preferable state uh, for me. Uh, 
we're, your worship and council, I would like to confirm that the purpose of this public hearing is bylaw 2079 to amend 1891, the land use bylaw to redistrict 10108 100th Avenue to COM district. I can confirm that the statutory public hearing notice was published in the local newspaper, the Record Gazette on November 18th and 25th, 2020 and that notice was provided in accordance with bylaw 2034, the advertising bylaw, by electronically posting the notice prominently on the Town of Peace River website, electronically by posting the notice prominently on the official social media sites, and by posting the notice on the bulletin board provided for that purpose at the Town Hall main entrance. No written comments not previously included in the package have been submitted to the Town of Peace River office. Good. So um, I will, so we will come to, we've come to the point of oral presentations and I ask that all persons giving oral presentations to clearly state their name and to try and make their present presentations brief and to the point. I will now call on the development officer to uh, bring forward uh, her presentation. Ms. Modi. Thank you, Your Worship. I'm here to present bylaw 2079, which redistricts 10108 100th Ave, which is the Sagatower Friendship Center from the mixed commercial residential district to the community district. The purpose of that change is to allow for an emergency shelter to be allowed at that site. An emergency shelter is a discretionary use within our comm district only. And it's defined as a development that is operated by a government or not-for-profit organization for the primary purpose of providing temporary emergency accommodation for persons requiring immediate shelter and assistance. This use may include, but is not limited to, accessory office functions the provision and the provision of related programs and services. Typical uses include a women's shelter and an emergency youth shelter. Specifically at this location, the applicant is proposing to have an overnight shelter that operates from 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. every day. This operation is an extension of the emergency shelter, the other cold shelter that's been operating in the town of Peace River since January of this year. And as a pilot project, the town has been working with um, the steering committee for that project to allow them to operate the pilot project within the spirit of the land use bylaw um, while allowing them to, uh, to move forward to this stage of actually formally applying for the change to the land use bylaw. The town has also been assisting uh, this organization with our grants to groups where we have provided some monies um, to provide funding for volunteer training and conference attendance to support their operations. So the, Emergency shelter was uh, taken over by, the operations of it were taken over by Sagatawa in April of 2020, uh, which is when the pilot project that began in January shut down. Uh, but because of the COVID situation in July, 2020, that the shelter was reopened early. The shelter at the Sagatawa Friendship Center has a capacity of 15 and using shelter operation guidelines that have been provided by HS can go up to 25 clients if needed. Currently, on average, there's between five and 10 clients on a nightly basis, and the number of clients that have been accessing the shelter, the maximum has been 12. 
As part of their application, Sagatawa has provided us uh, with 17 different po operational policies that provide for uh, their operations to ensure both client and staff safety, as well as uh, for the neighborhood as a whole. In addition to those policies, uh, Sagatawa is planning on installing four security cameras in 2020 that will provide for additional security around the site. The shelter is staffed by three full-time staff and one part-time employee. In the time that the Out of the Cold Shelter has been in operations, the town has not received any nuisance complaints um, until we did receive a letter, uh, which is attached to this request for decision, uh, identifying some concerns from the adjacent uh, apartment building to the east of the shelter location. So the proposal is to redistrict uh, this site to the Com District, and that is a district that is applied to land across the Town of Peace River. So it's not in one specific area, but is intended to provide for certain uses throughout the town. So the application is drafted based on the, uh, or sorry, the bylaw is drafted based on the application. So the request was to be rezoned to the community district, which is what the bylaw provides for. Uh, the bylaw was advertised as uh, Ms. McQuaig identified and it was also sent to each adjacent landowner, which is required under the Municipal Government Act, as well as to Northern Sunrise County, who is our intermunicipal development plan partner in this area. We did not receive any, or we did receive a comment from Northern Sunrise County that they had no concerns, and we have that one letter highlighting some concerns from one adjacent landowner. So Council has a couple of options this evening. The first option is to provide both second and third reading to the bylaw, which would provide for the development permit process to move forward. So the second option would be to provide second reading only and direct administration to any sort of changes or additional information that you might need to see prior to making a decision. And the third would be to defeat or not provide second reading to bylaw 2079. And it is the, the town's uh, recommendation that Council does provide second and third reading to the bylaw this evening. Can take any questions. Okay, any questions of Ms. Modi? None. Uh, Mr. Needham. <clears throat> Thanks, Alicia. I think you've covered some of my questions, but let uh, just let me go back to my original thought and a quick paraphrase my paraphrase of the letter that we received was that uh, the uh, owner was questioning the Friendship Center's ability, I guess, or capacity to manage the clients in relation to some of the issues that he's got. And I guess, uh, allow me, so I read in the briefing material from the Saratoga, I read three full time and a half time. And then the next sentence says four, uh, full-time until March 2021. So I guess my question is, is it three or is it three and a half or is it four or is it seven and a half? I wasn't sure of the number, uh, but I think I heard you say three and a half. Is that correct? That's the information that I have. Um, I'm not sure if I was slightly off. Uh, I know that the sh we have representatives from the shelter and Sagittarius Friendship Center on the Zoom tonight. So I think that right. we would be able to more fully answer that question. All right, and then I'll, and maybe Dave will jump in. And so it was a question around, so he seems to be saying he's worried about the capacity because the hours are, are 10 p.m. to eight. 
Um, he has a feeling that there's going to be people around the building and the premises, and it could have a negative impact on his on 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 his tenants, I guess. So, so the the question was, or my question is, has um, there been any sort of good neighbor policy where the Sawataga Friendship Center or the town, where we can reach out and talk to that apartment owner, so we can avoid some of these problems? I don't know that there's specifically a good neighbor policy. That's definitely something that we could consider requiring or asking of them. I do know that um, there hasn't been direct communication between the apartment building and Sagatawa. So there's definitely an opportunity to improve communication and I think maybe solve some of the issues before they, they become issues. Um, I did also reach out to the RCMP after receiving this letter just to get a sense of their understanding of the situation at the apartment building. Uh, and they did say that in this year, there has been six, or sorry, in the, the last three months, there has been six RCMP, or times that the RCMP have had to come to the apartment building to deal with an issue related to, to a homeless person. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it's necessarily 100% tied to the fact that there is a shelter next door. Um, the RCMP also looked at the numbers during 2018, and he said that there was six times during that time period as well in that year. So, it's maybe a function of the emergency shelter, but it could just be a function of the location of the apartment building in the downtown. Thank you. So uh, just to follow up on that, the there isn't a sh an emergency shelter there right now. So uh, this letter that is complaining about uh, individuals outside their building, um, that that may actually go away if they are able to uh, get inside the Saigatawa Friendship Center. No, there has been a shelter. The shelter has been operating since January um, okay. and it has been operating at that site since July. Uh, okay. It's not the normal process when it comes to development, but we have been working with this group to try and, because they were, working to address the, the homelessness issue and provide a service. And so we were working with them and allowing to, to operate on a pilot project basis on the understanding that they would be coming to the council and going through this process and setting it up formally in the near future, which they have done. So, but it did, it has been operating there and it's been operating for a little bit longer than intended, which was partly a consequence of COVID. So yeah, given the unprecedented nature of the situation, we, we were generous in terms of how they, we were dealing with them. So your, uh, your point uh, when you answered the previous question to mine was that there, there have been six registered complaints with the RCMP in 2020. Uh, and, but that's no more or no less than the year previous when they had, uh, when there was an emergency shelter there. That's right. There have been similar levels of activity at that apartment, even without the shelter being at that location. Okay. Okay. Um, any questions, any further questions of Ms. Moni, uh, Ms. Manzer? Thank you. So I, I noticed one of the policies, the work alone policy, if there's not enough staff, as in, I guess, two staff, that means there's no overnight accommodation that night is what way I took that one. 
I don't know who I could direct that to. I think, uh, Councillor Manzer, once the, uh, we have opportunity for people to speak in favor of the bylaw, I believe that Sagatel will take that opportunity and that would be a good moment to ask them questions about the okay, policy. Thanks. Uh, seeing uh, no further hands up, I will uh, now call on those in favor of the bylaw uh, to uh, to uh, come forward and uh, speak to the bylaw if they could. Is anyone from Sagatawa Friendship Center? Uh, I would imagine they would be in favor of the bylaw. Is anyone from Sagatawa going to uh, speak to this to this bylaw? I'm not sure. Uh, Dave here. Yeah, uh, we can hear you, um, Mr. Malapy. As long as I've been here, I, I've I don't know if this. Uh, the neighbor has addressed the Friendship Center about these problems or just gone straight to the RCMP? Because I haven't heard any of this. Um, and in the sense of our people that stay here, like um, to get to know the center and the things I deal with, I, I spent the night downstairs, I spent the night on the streets just to see what were the hangouts and the different places to warm up or at? And it seems like the choice until just recent was um, bank, bank um, lobbies, I guess you'd call them, was the choice of uh, a few of our hardcore people that just had nowhere to go other than that. But I, talking to them, the regulars, I have ne never heard any of them talk about this place next door in a sense. And we have done talking circles. I have done talking circles after spending a night with them and talked about um, different issues that might come up. And I brought up the place next door unaware of this. I brought up the fact that, you know, we do have neighbors next door and we do have to respect the noise level and we have to respect the staff. If the staff are talking about too much noise, then if you're gonna spend a night here, you have to respect what the staff are saying or if you are too loud because you're, you've just gone overboard with the alcohol or whatever it may be, they do know that we totally turn to the phone and request the RCMP to remove them from this area. So like I say, that's the, the talk we've had. And I, like I said, I've never heard them talk about um, warming up in this place or um, any residents that they're aware that they can't be around residences. They'll choose the businesses down Main Street, but I've never heard of them using a residence before. So, and so I, I, not for conflict matter, but just in matter of interest, I'd love to find out who the names of these people that have been 
an issue next door. So we could directly talk to them or see if they are regulars here or just some of them uh, uh, just looking for couch surfing for one night or whatever it may be. Uh, I'm really not sure what to say on this other than this is the first time I really heard. I've been worried about next door, but I've heard nothing about any problems with next door myself, being the elder here, being a board member here before becoming an elder, and then always um, working with uh, Marissa here in a sense of, uh, well, we've got issues downstairs. Do you mind going down and talking to them, Dave, in a subtle way or in a direct way, depending on the problem? But um, like I say, I have never heard of this um, next door issue before. Um, Marissa Geld Art, uh, do, do you want to uh, speak to this perhaps? Um, uh, underscore the need for the shelter? Yes. Um, we opened the shelter as a response to COVID um, in July. Um, since we've been open, we've seen um, quite a few clients. Um, we have an average of five clients per night. Um, with the highest nights being 12 clients. Um, through the summer, we thought we would see a decrease of clients um, just due to the weather. It hasn't slowed down at all. Um, we've, we have quite a few regulars and we also have a large transient population that frequents the shelter. Um, we do have funding till March 31st of 2021 and that includes um, three full-time staff and one part-time staff. And to answer Elaine's question regarding the work alone policy, um, with that, we do require two staff members to be on site at all times, just for safety reasons. Um, and up to this point, we haven't had to close the shelter for a night. Um, if a staff is sick um, or unable to come in, we do bring in other staff. And we also have a really solid um, volunteer base that we can bring in that have volunteered to do night shifts as well. Um, as far as the apartment building next door, um, today was the first I heard of any complaints coming from them. As Dave said, we have talked to our clients about um, being loud outside at night, trying not to disturb the neighbors. And since we did have the talking circle with them, um, the clients have been really good about that. Um, when I read the email, it seemed that the owner had thought that we had reached capacity and the people were sleeping in the entryway um, because we were at full capacity. We haven't been at full capacity ever. Um, and when we do have to get clients removed from the shelter or if they're assessed by staff and unable to come into the shelter due to behavior or things like that, we do call the RCMP and the RCMP would pick them, the clients up at that point. Um, so we don't turn anybody away and we always have the backup of the RCMP coming if there is an issue. And with the shelter too, um, that isn't the only service we provide to the homeless population. Um, they're here most days and we're working with the majority of them um, on outreach services. So things like funding applications, um, we do a lot of work with addictions and things like that. So 
um, even before the shelter opened, they were here. Uh, questions of either uh, Mr. Malapi or Ms. Geldart. Okay, I don't hear or see any questions, Mr. Good. It's uh, almost a, as much of a comment or question, speaking possibly to the good neighbor policy or the, the good neighbor suggestion that I heard earlier, that anytime it's like if you have a, a rock and roll club next door to a church kind of thing, you've got to work things out and, you know, and build a relationship with your neighbors. And um, I think that might be an idea to put a, a framework in place or a structure in place or you know establish a communication that works to resolve it because generally friction you know it, it's a potential friction point and if there's a way of resolving the friction point ahead of time I would I would advise that um, because there's even if it doesn't really increase much and if there's a shelter next door and there's a problem people are going to perceive that they're connected whether in fact they are or not. And it may be, and there may be negative impacts on both sides that could be avoided. So I'm just going to leave that out there. Um, you know, the comment that if, if we're not over capacity, it's not our people. That's a, that's a very good point. If the numbers are the same as they have been in previous years, that's another, again, pretty valid point. But then there's some issue at the apartment may or may not be connected or it's connected sometimes and not connected others. So I think uh, having a good neighbor process might be an idea. I'll leave it at that. Um, I don't see any other hands. So I will now, um, I'm not sure that there is anyone to speak to this. I will now call on those that may be opposed to the bylaw, um, if they uh, would, uh, would, if they want to speak on the issue, if they could come forward now. And I think we'll just give a little time in case they are, uh, uh, they, um, they are, um, trying to um, email in on info at peaceriver.ca. Um, maybe I'll just ask Ms. Hume is how many people would we have on the, uh, on the, uh, televised, the live stream? YouTube list three concurrent viewers right now. Okay. Two. Uh, okay. Um, Mr. Hebert, uh, are you, I'm, I'm taking it that you're not, uh, opposed to the bylaws. So. Okay. Okay, I will uh, assume that uh, there is no one opposed to the bylaw that wishes at least to speak on it uh, or against it. So I will now call on any person who deemed to be affected who wishes to be, to be heard to come forward. Um, so um, Mr. Herbert, uh, do you wish to speak to this matter, either in support or? 
Well, thank you, Mr. Mayor. Um, I just want to say, first of all, I just appreciate all of you guys here tonight. Um, you know, Town of Peace River, you guys have done an amazing job just uh, supporting what we're doing out here. Um, one of the big things that I just wanted to just reflect that the good neighbor policy and stuff like that. One thing that we always have to remember is always going to be different types of personalities who are going to clash. And the best thing we can do is always communicate, um, educate, and, you know, care for one another that's out there. So um, definitely thank you for that heads up with what's going on. I think uh, we make that work. But you, as you guys know, even in politics, right, not everybody's going to like what you do or, or, you know, there's always going to have some kind of opinion one way or another. Um, but at the same time, we're going to do whatever we can to help the community um, be safe and to just educate everybody where we're at. So if there is a problem like that, we'll, we'll find a way to find a solution to that. Um, problems are never big enough to find solutions. So we'll, we'll find a solution to make everybody happy on that part there. Um, but first, I just want to say, you know, with everything that we do out in Peace River here and um, one of the big big issues that we've been having is males like men who are out on the street that have nowhere to go and it could be someone who's just been dropped off from prcc it could have been just a, a spousal argument that's happened or you know it's a a son who has just left his home at 22 years old and has made some bad choices and can't go home they have nowhere to go uh this is a one way that we can say hey you know there is the out of the cold program it's not a, it's not a fix it's just a temporary solution so we can help you um, get through tonight and then tomorrow we can come up with another solution. So we just appreciate the op opportunity to help somebody in the mean short time so that we can come up with a long-term goal to help these people get off the street and get into their own home. So that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Okay. Um, I see Krista Park is on the... Uh on this uh, Zoom meeting. Uh, I know that she is certainly uh, a person that uh, we, we could deem to be affected uh, given her responsibilities for public health. Uh, Ms. Park, do you wish to, uh, to make a statement? Hi there. Um, well, as you may know, I helped with starting up the Out of the Cold Shelter uh, back in January when we opened. There's definitely a need for it in the community. Um, part of the reason it started was because people were camping out behind businesses and affecting them um, in, in several ways. Uh, there's certainly some potential health hazards with that. Uh, so it was uh, great to see Sagatawa take on the project when we finished up our pilot in April. And uh, I think it's it says a lot that we've received out of almost a what, 10 months one complaint um, and I'm sure we can work with uh, the apartment building to see what the concerns are. Um, maybe it's just they don't know where to send people and tell them to head down to Saikatawa there uh, and get some help. There's been a lot of success with the program. There's definitely been people um, look at you know getting themselves off the streets and some have gotten off the streets through uh, the help of Saikatawa and the program, uh, the, the wet map program. So I certainly, I'm here to fully support it and just uh, to be here for them. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Ms. Park. I, I think that's uh, some of the information that we needed to hear. Um, I, 
I don't see anyone that may wish to or should speak to this matter any further. Um, um, but uh, I certainly will give uh, members of council a, an opportunity to um, uh, address any questions or, or comments to either Ms. Park or uh, Mr. Eber. I think uh, it sounds like uh, uh, the presentations and the uh, were were uh, very complete. So uh, seeing that all present, oh yes. Sorry to interrupt, if I may. Um, so I, I did have the opportunity to volunteer for the shelter a little bit when it was in its pilot capacity and with the uh, the level of organization and the different organizations that they have involved in it. Um, that we're working on it and uh, just the procedures that was laid out, the training for volunteers and everything. It was, it was all very well done, very professional. And yeah, any questions or concerns that people even had during the training, I mean, they, they were ready for, for answers or, or for whatever, um, which, was, which was very reassuring considering other, other projects that we've seen people attempt perhaps that seemed um, a little bit less, I'll just say organized. And uh, and it was it was very uh, very good very easy to, to volunteer to get to get tied in with them and, and help out and and have questions answered and and there was always um, things laid out for who to call in whatever scenario and and uh, the shelter had a phone for um, any issues that anyone did have while they were there and and who to get in touch with and stuff so so yeah the, I think one of the big reasons why the level of complaints have been so low is just because of how that was all done and handled um, just so just so properly even before starting out they made sure it was very obvious all the all the ducks were in a row all the t's and i's and lowercase j's were dotted and crossed um, so i guess i don't my my votes yes um, I, I don't have a pecuniary interest in terms of that but i'm a little biased uh and and that those are those are my thoughts on that so thanks for coming and stepping up to uh the sagatawa and and taking it even even further uh ms banzer you seem to have your hand up there did i misinterpret that <laughs> yes no um so uh just a question for the organizers. So after March 31, when some of the funding might no longer be there to support um, some of the workers, do you revert, well, keep searching for funding, I guess, but um, basically revert to volunteer uh, help? Yes, at this point, um, we would continue looking for funding and there has been some funding applications put in for after March 31st. Um, but if they were unsuccessful, we would um, revert back to volunteers um, and running it as it did from January to March with the volunteers. Thanks. Okay. I will, uh, I will now assume that all presentations have been made and we'll declare the public hearing closed at um, uh, 12 to six. Um, and what, what we will do is we will now 
So the uh, the item on so we we're now at bylaws, and so there'll be a request for decision on on the bylaw that we just had a public hearing on. Um, and this is bylaw 2079, amended land use bylaw 1891 to redistrict 10108, 100th Ave to COM, COM, <laughs> whatever that stands for. And maybe uh, Ms. Modi can speak to that. Uh, I know that you've spoken to the entire bylaw, but perhaps just summarize what you, uh, uh, what you are looking for here and uh, your recommendation. Thank you, Your Worship. Yes, so bylaw 2079 redistricts the Sagatara Friendship Center parcel from the mixed commercial residential district to the community development district. And council has three options this evening to provide second and third reading to the bylaw, provide second reading to the bylaw only and ask if there's any information that uh, we, you'd like us to bring back to a next council meeting, or you could defeat bylaw 2079 and then it would not be redistricted. And it is administration's recommendation that council proceed the second and third reading of the bylaw this evening. Okay. Um, um, any questions of Ms. Modi? Uh, it appears that there are none. I will uh, now request a, a, a motion uh, for second reading on bylaw 2079. Mr. Ford? Yes, Your Worship, I'd uh, provide, uh, put a motion on the table to provide second reading to bylaw 2079, an amendment to the land use bylaw number 1891. Okay, all in favor? Okay, um, is there a motion for third reading? Uh, Mr. Ms. Manzer. No, you were going, go forth. <laughs> okay, for, before, before I make the motion, I'd just really like to thank all parties that were involved for taking the time to work over the year to come up with all of, to work with the town to make this possible and for all the staff of the town to work with the organization to make this possible. I think there was some incredibly good work and uh, it's very, very much appreciated on our part. I'd like to move third reading to bylaw 2079, an amendment to the land use bylaw 1891. Okay, uh, all in favor? Um, so, that, uh, so that bylaw is now passed. Um, um, and uh, we will now move to uh, unfinished business. Uh, under unfinished business, we have the 2021 budget deliberations. Uh, there was uh, a, uh, there was an update to that, uh, uh, some information to be distributed. And that was, I believe, um, and I will now turn it over to Mr. Town to, uh, to speak further on this matter. Thank you, Your Worship. Um, so 
Um, <clears throat> excuse me. As council's aware, we distributed the budget budget last week. Um, again, comprehensive budget document that listed out all the um, um, services the town provides, costing around those whole bunch of uh, other type information. Um, as council's aware, um, we've done this a few times and we're gonna break down budget deliberations into decision packages, um, chunks of, of information. Oops, just excuse me, I'm gonna, there we go. Um, to allow us to take a $26 million budget and, and get it approved in a reasonably timely fashion. Um, so tonight I'm hoping to um, pass the base budget and those are costs that are um, kind of the, the unavoidable type costs. They include um, the amounts of money to maintain our existing services to um, continue to run the programs and um, at the levels that we currently have um, and just uh, allow comf uh, council to be comfortable and familiar with those and, and be able to move along to other decision packages, which will include um, changes of service levels, capital budget, and those types of things. Um, so council has received, they received earlier today, um, information on the base budget and that approval. I'm just gonna share my screen. So if anyone is watching, they'll be able to see similar type information. Um, and council has seen this in the past. This is our uh, budget deliberation spreadsheet, which shows um, the impact of our decisions in real time. What we have here, um, this is our main sheet that shows our, our virtual tax bill. And as the budget stands right now, as we had discussed last uh, week when council received the budget, as presented, there's no tax rate increase. So we are expecting, um, and again, this is subject to change, but tax bills or tax burden should generally be the same as they were in 2020. Um, of course, this is depending on where assessment comes out. Um, as council knows, the decrease in overall assessment would have an increase in tax rates. Um, and they do go hand in hand. You know, similarly, um, the increase in assessments would have a decrease in tax rate to bring in the same amount of revenue. So um, they, there is a relationship there, even though they are offsetting amounts. So that's, that's as is and where we are right now. Um, I do... Sorry, doing, and I will say now, since we're doing this um, online, if someone does have a question, um, I do have a screen up, but it's tough to see everybody. Um, so if you do have a question, maybe just uh, shout or raise your voice, don't raise your hand, because I may or may not be able to see that. Um, and this is our chance to, to be able to have those questions. So before we get too far into this, I'm just gonna um, mention that uh, staff haven't received any questions regarding the budget in the office here. I uh, don't know if there's any questions from counselors or council in general, or if they received any from the public. And if so, this is your chance to do so. Okay. Um. And if there's none, I'm, I'm not really surprised. Like I had mentioned before, this is a very static budget. Um, due to the circumstances around us, um, 
with COVID and other issues, um, there's no oh. real, oh, sorry, go ahead. I got to find my hand here on the screen. Um, so, um, Mr. Town, the, these numbers, uh, forgive me, I can't really, what is 2.92 for 2019? So, I'll, I'll blow this up. Okay. So, if you're looking at my screen, and that's a good point, thanks for bringing that up. This is for a house assessed at 325000 which was around the median house value when we started doing this exercise. Um, so I haven't changed it. So in 2019, um, the tax bill, and again, these are just town taxes. These are not the um, uh, education or, or North Peace housing levies. Um, so the town tax bill would have been $2,900.62. Um, in 2020, based on the prevailing rate, um, that had increased to $3,052. And then for 2021, again, based on the um, proposed budget, which has the, the difference in revenues, tax revenues from year to year is about $26,000. So essentially that picks up market value changes either for new construction, changes to assessments for market value purposes or catch-ups on, on some of those items. Um, since the tax revenues are the same, those have been found through um, savings in various areas and one-time use of, of funds. Um, they would essentially have a similar tax bill in 2021 as it did in 2020. That was approved. Thank you. And as I mentioned, once we start doing changes, council will be able to see changes to this in, in real time and then again, um, just for um, information type purposes, we're able to look at the changes over a period of a month and then break that down to typical type consumables that people would use to just emphasize or rationalize what a good deal people are getting for their municipal taxes um, compared to um, some of these other, other services that they uh, might be looking at also. Um, so before I carry on, are there any other questions? Um, should I save my questions on the waterfront to later? I would. We'll do the waterfront at the next meeting, if that's okay. 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 That's great. Does anyone else then have uh, questions regarding the fixed budget. Uh, you did mention, Mr. Town, that it was 26 million. It seems the base budget seems to be closer to 28. Um, that is correct, actually. I got in the way with my numbers and the totality of the budget is, and I'll just flip through my book really quick, uh, $27.9 million, almost, almost $28 million. So in terms of the base budget, and this is the information that council received earlier today, um, these are the amounts needed to maintain our existing services. And there's lots of changes in this. There's normally pretty significant changes year to year. Most of them increases. Um, this year is a little different. Um, and there's three main reasons for that difference. Um, first of all, on the airport side, as had been discussed in in the budget document. Um, the, the document in the budget has been set up and that's predicated on the agreement that's 
um, in place with the new Peace River Airport Association Society, um, which is, uh, they're running the airport as a contracted service on our, on our behalf. So um, we've shown the budget that way. So from a budget perspective, we're now taking out a cost that we incurred such as wages, vehicles, equipment, repairs, and maintenance, utilities, um, and those are being reduced, but our, our contribution, our amounts for contracted services increase. Um, they generally offset, I think the year-to-year -year difference, um, as we had discussed, was about 22,000 from year to year. Um, that'll be reduced next year, and then extinguished in 2023, when we do the 2023 budget as it is a two-year agreement for that contribution and contribution amount. Um, the second change is around um, changes in revenues, and these are almost entirely due to COVID-type um, impacts, and especially on the recreation side, but there's a few other places. Um, recreation revenues are significantly impacted by, by uh, COVID and the, the, the pandemic. Um, usage is down, facilities are closed. Um, we've made estimates what this will look like going into 2021 and they're fairly conservative. So, you know, if, if society does reopen up and let's say towards next summer, um, it does get better. Um, we should hope to achieve the, or the uh, revenue estimates that we put in there. Um, if it goes on much longer than that, then we'll have to to see how, how we'll deal with that. Um, fortunately, we have received some provincial funding to help with that, and that goes up till March 31st. That's the most grant. And as we had discussed at the last meeting, we are using some ICF money in 2021 to um, deal with the shortfall and assist uh, there as a, a single year measure. Greg, the franchise fee that's on there, is that singular fee? It is. So. That's for the, the electric. Echo. Yep. So that's for the echo electric rate. Um, the number that council had uh, approved and was given as an estimate for an increase was lower when we went and looked at the franchise franchise fees um, and then mapped out where we think they're going to be in 2021. Um, it was higher than had been indicated in that report. I think the report said it was in the forty thousand dollar range for a half percent. Um, and it was, but then other usage and just general increases of consumption overall by the community, um, we were able to increase by another 34,000 or so. Good work. Uh, thank you, good, good decision by council. Oh, that raises the question. So what about the next franchise? Is it, does that show up in here or that's? Are you talking about the, the gas or? Yes. Yes. Um, I'll be honest with council. We had missed that in the timing on it. Um, it's notification that we'd receive sometime in October. Uh, ACO had to receive um, information on and approval on that sometime before November. Um, and, and we we missed it. It got missed somehow. So maybe that's something we could uh, look at or visit in, in 2020. So the so that so because we missed it, there'll be no increase. In other words, uh, on on the gas side this year, that's correct. Um, 
Um, the third item, and again, just to keep rolling on this, oops, I'll just roll up a bit more and I'll actually make this a little bit bigger so it's easier for people to see, um, our ICF um, monies that we're receiving and had been, that had been uh, discussed with council and identified at the last meeting. Uh, we received about 1.3 million more in funding for regional services from our partners. Um, of that, approximately a million dollars, just over a million are um, being used to um, transfer to our reserves. Uh, the difference, just under 300,000 are being used to offset airport and um, again, recreation, COVID, revenue type losses. And those are losses that are after April 1st, since the most funding has to be used before March 31st. Um, anything that's after that date is picked up through those ICF amounts. And as I mentioned, that's a single year uh, utilization of those monies. So um, in terms of the items here, and we'll just go through the revenues fairly quickly. Um, they're listed here. There's increases to franchise fees, interest on taxes. We're budgeting for an increase for the upcoming year. Um, while interest on our investments are our reduction. And again, that's just lower bank balances um, over time. That's that's cyclical kind of with our, our capital projects and capital funding. We had saved a lot of money for the multiplex, for example. Um, and we had the money in our reserves as that money's diminished. That's an amount that's uh, that's going down. Um, fire protection at the airport, if council remembers, we had approved an increase last year for the town to provide fire protection at the airport. That um, amount is, is being displaced or eliminated, um, but there is an increase in fire protection for the MD. We had budgeted an amount last year of 30,000. The actual amount is 50,000 as we come up into the new year. Um, peace officer fines, we expect to increase. That's approximately a 30% increase from uh, what we budgeted this year. Uh, revenues that I'd mentioned, these are on the recreation side, pool revenues, multiplex revenues um, are down, but immediately below them are provincial grants. And that's most funding that we're using to offset some of those costs. Um, federal contributions are up with $25,000. Municipal grants, and again, this is almost strictly ICF type fundings of nearly $1.1 million. Other revenues, and these are revenues all over the place. So for example, um, planning revenues are down. Um, we project them to be down in, in 2021. Um, museum, other Athabasca Hall, other, other types of services. We're just projecting lower revenues for the year. Again, we will use some other monies to offset those. And the airport revenues will, are, will be down there also. Um, and again, that's part of the transfer for the contracted services there. Um, those are the big revenue items. Um, I don't know if there's, if there's any questions on those, feel free to ask now or you could ask in the future. Um, but again, that's just a, a summary of, of our big revenue uh, changes. So from a base budget perspective, revenues are up about $800,000. Um, again, almost entirely due to, to ICF type monies.
in terms of expenses. Um, there are some reductions and increases here. Um, so again, as we come up into the, the upcoming year, we are projecting a lower um, budgeted amount for, for council on their, their stipends. And that's again for doing the virtual meetings and a, a reduction for training development purposes. Uh, increase at public works. And again, these are um, tweaks and improvements to budgeting, not necessarily um, um, new positions or anything like that. Any new positions would be a service level discussion. Um, pool, there's a reduction as we come up into the new year. Um, this is an offset of the revenues above. Um, projected to be 35,000 for the upcoming year of visitor information um, with that service being being decreased. Um, there's some, some costs uh, being reduced there. Um, and then wage settlements throughout the balance of the organization um, would be an increase of just over $100,000. And then what I'd mentioned above with the airport, we're losing a bunch of airport type costs all over the place. So from a wage perspective, that's a reduction of 317,000 for the upcoming year. In terms of training and development, um, again, there's some significant reductions, 20,000 for, for council type opportunities. And again, that's just a COVID related expect, uh, expected reductions in travel. Um, same on the administration side and um, for training and conferences there. We had two GIS training. Um, the two people did GIS training in 2020. That was a one time and that's fallen off the books. Um, public works training is down almost 20,000 and then other training throughout the organization is down about 22,000. And again, airport training at about 10,000. In terms of materials, materials and supplies, um, software for the organization is down 18,000. There's a couple items that were one-time uh, ventures in the past. Um, taxi pass program and expenses are expected to be up 16,000 from the previous year. Um, waste disposal, and this is just waste disposal at town facilities, uh, expecting a reduction. Um, we're looking to uh, change our, we're, we're doing an RFP for that service. We're expecting a lower price into change of frequency on some of these items. Uh, contracted equipment for snow removal is up for the upcoming year and then other materials throughout the organization up approximately 82,000 and airport materials and supplies are down 73,000. In terms of repairs and maintenance, which we do track and, and budget for separately, reductions for building repairs, equipment repairs, uh, janitorial, and then again, $53,000 reduction at the airport for, for those. Um, next section is vehicles, and you'll see this. You haven't seen this since I've been here. It does happen. Um, right now, we're showing a reduction of 59000 in fire department vehicles. That's wrong. I'll note it was missed. Um, we will need to recapture about $60,000 in in those costs and put it in the budget. We'll talk about um, the method methodology and rationale for doing that. And that'll be a service level discussion when we get there. Um, 
And if manager uh, Harris is listening, he did mention it to me and uh, it just got missed. Vehicles, Delta Parts of the Organization, Public Works, Facilities Maintenance, and I see I spelled maintenance wrong. I need to do spell checks on my Excel sheets. Um, and then multiplex are up. Um, and again, some of those are lease type costs. Um, and we had identified that as we lease more vehicles, the cost to lease them will be higher, but the cost to maintain them will be significantly lower. So this is sort of the impact of that. Other airport costs or vehicle costs, really 600 through the organization. Um, and then at the airport, our vehicle costs will be 80,000 less um, because that's not something we need to incur. Uh, utilities for the organization, uh, gas um, utilities are down, power is up a little bit, water is up. And again, we are now, um, we've made a concerted, concerted effort to track all of our water expenses throughout the organization. This is kind of the finalization of that. Um, the big jump there is at the ski hill. Um, communication expenses are down and that's, again, the finalization of our, of our VoIP. Um, system and then rationalizing other costs throughout the organization. Um, and then utilities at the airport are down um, 165,000. They had significant power and, and gas bills out there that have been extinguished, at least for us. Um, professional services. So these could be, uh, these are generally uh, legal and or audit type items. Um, for legislative services, there's an increase. Um, we're looking with the election next year that um, consider bringing someone in to assist or facilitate strategic planning for the new council. Um, legal fees, uh, looking at a reduction, 46,000 for the year. Um, and then other changes within finance and then other reductions um, throughout the entirety of the organization. And airport professional fees are down about $10,000. Uh, contracted services, and this is what I had talked about when I addressed uh, at the airport. Um, they're down throughout the organization. We had money for ICF purposes in 2020 that won't be needed as much in 2021. We did maintain some um, as we expect to do a mediation and or arbitration for the upcoming year. Um, hearing tests are an additional cost. We need to budget for those and do them for staff. Um, policing and then roads and operations are our items that are down, but stormwater and solid waste, our solid waste contract are up a little bit. Um, so is money for an FCSS program review. Now, money for PREDA has been removed, um, but there's an increase for parks. Other areas within the organization are down. But again, at the airport, there's an increase. And again, this is a contribution for airport um, um, management out there for the operation of the airport. Um, but there's also an offsetting $100,000 reduction um, out there too. There's reduction in lease costs, increase in grants and ex exemptions. Um, and then our non-operating costs, which are debt costs or a debt increase for the year, $65,000. Um, that's uh, principal and interest payments. Contribution to our capital reserve and our contribution to our operating reserve is just, it's about 
million dollars, million forty, almost a million fifty thousand um, dollars, and again that offsets our ICF gains at the top. So that money's coming in. We are using it to um, for future purposes, whether future means this year, which will be a discussion when we talk about capital funding, or future years. Um, you know that money is not being absorbed as part of our general operations or general budget. It's it's being put aside, and council will be able to uh, deliberate and discuss how those monies will be used. Um, at the end of the day, those two numbers are the revenues and expenses are offsetting each other. Um, you know that's the joy of presenting a balanced type budget. Um, they, they are balancing out at this point. Um, but again, just wanted council to be um, understanding of, of what the base budget impacts and changes uh, look like year to year. Um, we will move on from this. And I'm not, again, this is, this is all information. We're not taking formal motions on any of these items. And we could come back to them if there's any um, questions or discussion around them. But again, just council's opportunity, public's opportunity to um, be familiar with them, be able to ask questions, and um, if, if that's the case and, and we're comfortable with them, we will move on from them. I have some questions regarding the airport uh, uh, savings and expenses. So, because <clears throat> you've broken them up quite a bit now. Yep. Um, so, um, in, in round numbers, it's, um, it's about $700,000 to run the airport a year. We, uh, we were able then to distribute those costs out to some of our, to some of our neighbors. We've now signed this agreement. Um, are the, is the County of Northern Lights contribution staying where it where it is? And does that come out of the ICF money? So the County of Northern Lights ICF agreement with us are based on prior year actual costs, net costs of the service. So for the airport, for example, um, if the net costs, and again, as you mentioned, at around 700,000, if the net costs are higher, then Northern Lights would contribute um, a higher amount based on, on their contribution percentage, which is about 27% of the net costs um, and does change because there's a population and assessment um, model that's or number that's updated. So yes, if, if the costs do change, positive or negative, Northern Lights would pay a bit more, a bit less than um, but they, they are contributing towards the cost of the service. And, and they will for the next two years until we phase out, uh, uh, until the transfer is complete? Uh, they would contribute to the airport for the existence of the ICF agreement. So even though it's our hope that, um, so the, the answer is yes. But if there are additional costs after that, then they would continue to remain on, um, bear some responsibility for those also, even though I don't expect there to be. Okay. 
What about, um, and what's the situation with uh, Northern Sunrise County? Northern Sunrise agreement with them is a little different. Um, right now they are contributing approximately 33% of, of the, the cost of the service, um, but those numbers are frozen and they're frozen for the five-year term of the agreement to the benefit or detriment of the town. So for example, in the airport, and the airport's a little unique, um, if that cost is extinguished and there is no cost in two years, um, we still maintain the contributed amount and their amount they contribute to us is 1.514 million. Um, and it doesn't matter if a service is still existing or not. And that'll be revisited, I assume, after five years. But for this, this five-year agreement, um, if a service is, is extinguished or reduced, um, we still continue to receive the totality of their contribution to us at that amount. And we don't have an ICF agreement with uh, the MD of Peace, at least not currently. Um, is their contribution, um, which was amounted to about $30,000 a year, I believe, uh, is that going to continue at least for the next two years? Um, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. I know that in 2020, 2020 they have sent us, um, it's actually a little bit more, it was 35,000, okay. and that was 5% of 700,000 um, plus inflation for a couple of years. So um, it's either 30, it's high 36, low 37,000. Um, we have billed for, they have sent us that amount for 2020. Um, and again, that could be subject to change depending on the outcome of a mediated or arbitrated um, settlement, um, depending on how far back the, the agreement goes. So if an arbitrator or mediator is willing to consider that the agreement we come up with goes back to the beginning of 2020, okay. um, that amount could change. That's something I think we will push for and or address. Um, but right. it is subject to um, someone else's decision. But, but you're expecting that uh, for, the, for next year and the year after, as we go through this two-year transition period, that the MV of Peace will be paying uh, roughly 5% of that airport costs? I would say at a minimum. Okay. Um, and what about the town of Grimshaw? The town of Grimshaw has also agreed to continue funding at this time. Okay. And they're at that same 5% amount, but that's a flat number. So it's still 35,000. So we, uh, I'm just asking these questions just to make sure that we, uh, we're not having to take on uh, somebody else's uh, burden. Um, as a result of this transition, okay. That, that's correct. Um, even though the costs are different, the cost to operate the airport do exist. So um, in our discussions with our municipal partners, um, they've acknowledged that and, and they seem uh, willing to continue contributions. Again, knowing as we do that, um, we hope that they'll be able to cease within a couple of years. Um, Ms. Manzer, I think you had your hand up. Uh, no, it was the Grimshaw question. Thank you. Okay. 
Okay, uh, those were my questions. I don't know if there's other questions from the counselors here at this point. If not, you feel free to carry on, I guess. Okay. Um, Councilor Needham, did you wave or? While I was debating, uh, could you scroll back to the $48,000? So I, am I to interpret that, that we expect default uh, tax accounts and the potential of us to pick up forty-eight thousand dollars. Is that is that what is that what that says? Yeah, from the previous year, um, right. twenty twenty. It looks like we had budgeted a little low, um, so I would say a, a chunk of that. Let's say probably more than half. So sixty percent is is new arrears, and I, I, I hate using that number. And I also am cognizant that um you know because of the economy and covid those are some of the main drivers of the arrears um and very unfortunate um but they it's the situation that we're in and, and those amounts have increased and there are um, more and more people are in arrears and than they were this time last year and the year before all right, well, I guess it'll be up to council to make a good effort to make sure we uh, ensure we get those revenues. Uh, thanks for that. So Deputy, oh, go ahead. Town, for those um, tax arrears, does the town still pay the educational portion and the North Peace housing portion, or is that something different totally? Um, those are totally different. They're not considered um, within our base budget. So when you say pay them, we collect and then remit them. Um, so, so if somebody does not pay their taxes on a property, do we still have to pay the provincial government the educational portion, no matter if we collected taxes or not? Uh, the short answer to that is yes. However, we will get that money eventually sometime. It's just a matter of timing on those because as people become current on their taxes, then then we will uh, collect those monies. Okay. okay. Um, this was really all I had for today. Um, I also knew it was a heavy agenda on some other items, so I wanted to keep it a bit lighter. Um, and again, just give council the opportunity to to uh, take the information. There's some big numbers here and part of the the budget here is, you know, we're, you know, we, we, we need to get past, um, you know, 25 or $26 million of our, our budget. And this is the information to allow us to do that. And then as we get into service levels and capital items, those are kind of more the nitty gritty. Um, just as a heads up, um, as we get into future meetings, We'll have some presenters and other information coming forward. I know the library's coming to the next meeting. Um, we'll talk to the CAO about other groups he might want to consider bringing in, whether it's um, Rotary House or Chamber of Commerce or, or those to discuss their upcoming budgets and, and plans for the year. Um, and as we get into the next meeting, which now isn't until January, but that's okay. Um, when I looked at what we we're doing this, we got to the base budget information in February 4th of last year, I believe. So we're almost two months ahead of where we were last year, even though last year 
um, staff are behind because of ICF commitments and and whatnot. But um, fully expect to have this wrapped up by by the end of January. Um, so as I mentioned, next meeting will be a couple presentations. Um, and then we'll talk water rate um, and water budgets and, and that type of information and then move on to capital and service level adjustments. Um, given what you just said, Mr. Town, uh, do I take it that we don't have a council meeting between now and January? That's correct. The next meeting is January 11th, I believe. I'd have to double check the date, but yep. Great, thank you for... Uh... Greg, just an anticipation of that water discussion. Uh, you know, we, we always use the COVID, uh, the COVID report rather as a benchmark. So maybe if you could, uh, um, there's likely members of council that know what that is and there's likely some members of council who don't know what it is, but maybe uh, when you present the new rate, if we could just have a, a real short recap of where we are on those rates. Uh, it might might help the discussion. Yep, no, that's that's fair enough, and that's a good point. Um, it's time to, in Corvus report, just for those who don't know, um, either council or, or the audience, um, was an independent review of our water rates and projected water rates. Um, we've used it for some of our modeling. Um, some of it is dated in some of the projections, um, and it is a projection-based system. Um, didn't occur or maybe different, and that's that's always a case. Um, so we could review where we are compared to that. We'll also prepare other information, um, make comparisons against other uh, water rates for similar type jurisdictions across the province, see where we are, and do a bit of projection work for council to uh, to be able to see what um, what that looks like and where the impacts are in the future. Thanks. Thanks for that. Well, uh, I'm going to follow up on that. Um, I did, I did have a water fund question, and it's uh, quite, it's quite simple, really. Um, would you, so all the water services and wastewater services, they are now including, um, including debt costs. They are all uh, being paid out of the water utility fee and or uh, and or grants such as the, uh, the the federal small community sewer grant so, uh, so none of that is coming out of property taxes the the water uh, water use and water infrastructure and likewise the wastewater yes and I want to be careful with my answer because I don't want to say that's a definitive yes, but that's a general yes. And the reason I say that is because um, we do get some government money from the province and the federal government through gas tax. Um, and we are we tend to allocate a larger percentage of that towards water type projects than we do our our general town type projects. So if we look at the and a good proxy is the net book value of our water system versus the rest of the town. You know, it's probably 75% town versus 25% water sewer, maybe 70-30. I don't think we're using that funding on a 70-30 basis and it might 
be closer to 60-40 or something like that. And I think once we rationalize that, then yes, I would be very comfortable saying that only water and utility rates are paying for water and sewer type activities. So we're, we're, we're very close is where well, the answer is. But having said that, the gas tax money that is used on water and sewer, that usually falls under the neighborhood renewal program, correct? And, and that's the other thing, the, neighbor, the neighborhood renewal, um, which is funding these projects is a tax, property tax-based system um, that is doing some water and sewer replacements. Right, okay. So that, that's really my only proviso. Operationally, yes, okay. it is absolutely paying for itself. On the capital side, there seems to be one or two areas that um, there's some cross-subsidization going on and those are being resolved over time. Okay. Okay, thank you. Okay, um, so as I said before, for council or the public, um, please, if there's any questions, get in touch. I'm happy to talk budgets, happy to provide information, um, and we'll continue to, to move through this and, and get through it in reasonably short order. Okay, so the... Uh... Next uh, agenda item uh, falls under new business, or does it? Um, yes, it does. Interim budget for 2021. I guess I'm up. <laughs> I see either you or Mr. Town. Um, good evening, Council. Uh, as it's that time of year again, I'm presenting an RFD for Council to consider a interim budget for 2021. Um, every year we have to do this if the 2021 or the next year's budget isn't ready. And uh, Mr. Town had just talked about how we're working through it. So we won't have the 2021 budget completed. Therefore, um, administration's recommending that we pass this interim budget uh, based on 50% of the 2020 operating budget. And those figures are included in the appendix one. And we do this every year just to ensure that we don't have a government shutdown. Right. Um, any, um, so what exactly is your recommendation? Could you state that for the record? Uh, the administration's recommendation is that council approve the 2021 interim budget operating budget in the amount of $9,557,985, which is based on 50% of the approved 2020 operating budget as detailed in appendix one. Um, any questions, uh, comments from council and and or do you want more information? Um, seeing none, perhaps a motion to, uh, Ms. Downing, uh, you're making a motion to accept the recommendation from administration? Yes, your worship. All in favor? Okay, that is now passed. Uh, perhaps if we could just, uh, 
we can go back to unfinished business and ex, um, perhaps a motion to accept the uh, 2021 budget deliberations under unfinished business for information. Uh, someone want to make make that motion? Mr. Scamahorn, all in favor? It's just a housekeeping item. Uh, and then we'll bounce back to uh, uh, a request for decision, local preference within purchasing policy. So this is something that council had seen at the, the last meeting, GMP last week. Um, and we did take council's um, input at the time to um, improve the communication and association between the two. Um, so there were no other changes to the policy except on the first page, which is page three of this report, or the first page of the policy, which emphasizes and uh, says how the policy complements the town's um, purchasing policy and users should be cognizant of the provisions provided within both policies um, when um, transacting with the town. And again, just to reiterate to staff that they both exist and do um, are associated with each other. Okay, that was that box. Okay. That, that's correct. It, it's just a, an emphasized box right at the very beginning of the policy. Okay. And when we discuss the purchasing policy next, you'll see something similar on that. Uh, okay. Okay, so you... Um, yeah, so uh, do you want to carry on then or? Um, well, there are two separate items. I don't know if you want to talk to them okay. at the same time or deal with them separately. Well, they are, okay. Um, why, why don't we, uh, but they're interrelated though, correct or? They or, are, they, they reference each other. Okay. So, uh, so your recommendation under item two is local preference within purchasing policy. And what you did there was just um, put in the, uh, put in the box and. Uh, and Staff's recommendation is that council approve the yeah. um, proposed okay. local preference within purchasing policy as uh, presented. Okay. Uh, motion to to do that. Anyone? Ms. Downing? All in favor? Okay. So then we all jump uh, to the uh, purchasing policy itself. Then. Um, so the purchasing policy, again, we discussed this at GMP and there were a few changes that were discussed at the time. Um, again, staff are very comfortable with how the policy is working. It was last reviewed in 2016 and been in place for four years now um, and has struck the balance between um, uh, staff utilization and uh, public benefit. Um, but we are looking for increases to some of the thresholds to facilitate um, purchasing for the organization. Um, so those are shown in sections 6.1 down to 6.2 um, and they do allow a little um, greater discretion for staff when, when doing the purchasing. 
Um, these are generally inflationary type increases. They hadn't been changed um, in over 10 years. So staff are hoping the council considers that. Um, we also did emphasize, and again, this is similar to the policy we just talked on the first page of the policy talks about how this is augmented by our local preference within the purchasing policy and then users and users in this case are the public and staff should be cognizant to the provisions provided within both policies when enacting on behalf of the town or providing services to the town um, responding to to uh, requests for coats tenders that type of information um, Based on that, there's a couple options there. Council or staff's recommendation is that council approve the proposed purchasing policy as presented. Any questions from Mr. Town? None. Uh, perhaps a motion. Mr. Good. Uh, all in favor of the recommendation to adopt the purchasing policy as presented, I guess. Or was that your motion or your, uh, we're voting now? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that was saying, yes, that was my motion. Okay, and we're, we're all agreed on that, right? Yes. Okay, good. Um, so item four, uh, the Boulevard tree policy. Uh, Your Worship, this is the same policy that was reviewed by Council at the Governance and Priorities meeting. Um, all of the proposed changes have been included within the updated document which is attached and presented for Council's adoption. So you, if you choose. Okay. Um, I don't think there's any more questions. I think we we exhausted the questions last meeting did we not <laughs> maybe not mr needham or are you making a motion well i would make a motion perhaps the chair would recognize me as former councillor burr and then i would feel more comfortable making the motion <laughs> but uh with that uh, funny aside uh, your worship uh, i would recommend that council approve the uh, boulevard tree policy as presented okay all in favor thank you uh, we are now going to the partner in injury, injury reduction program refund policy. That's correct. This item also was reviewed with council at the governance and priorities meeting. Um, the HR coordinator has provided a, um, a report for council's review with the updated policy, but no changes from the GMP meeting were noted. Um, any questions of Ms. Bell? Uh, motion, uh, Ms. Manzer? I you're making, making a mo motion to uh, adopt the recommendation, I take it. All in favor? Thank you again. Okay. Um, number six, request for decision, the Alberta Community Partnership Grant application. So as part of the Am I muted? No. Okay. Um, so the town of Peace River is um, in conjunction with the MV of Peace um, applying for an ACP grant. That's an Alberta Community Partnership grant um, for mediation 
and or arbitration uh, services to complete our ICFs. Um, so we require council motion to do so. Um, there's background information there discussing how um, the town and the MD um, met, uh, had good faith deliberations and conversations about the ICFs, but were unable to um, complete them. Um, and we both indicated to each other verbally that um, we feel that further meetings would be uh, would not be fruitful. So rather than uh, continue with those, uh, both sides felt that moving towards a mediated or other type of settlement would be uh, the way to go. Um, so again, as part of the application process, uh, uh, motion from council is required. Um, we're hoping that council will will agree to apply for for these funds. They would. Um, bear or they would cover one third of the cost of the mediated settlements or mediated costs um, for this process. So we're looking in the recommendation is that uh, uh, council, that administration request confirmation for the partnership from MD-135 and submit an ACP grant application for the mediation of the ICF agreement between the town of Peace River in the municipal district of Peace 135. Just a question, maybe if I'm, if you, if I may, um, is this something that we have to wait for, um, or would we be able to go ahead with the process, and the funds would be applied, whether we get them or not, kind of thing? And I win best question of the night so far because. Yep. Can, can I perhaps uh, step in, Director Town? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> the majority of the grants that I have done, and we have done closure on ACP grants before, is that no expenses incurred prior to the award of the grant are eligible. So we would have to wait for the approval letter before we could go ahead, unfortunately. Well, that's the way it is, and, and that's fine. I just, I was curious. Yeah, and that's that's my experience. Um, if you incur costs before the approval, they wouldn't be um, eligible. But they're actually fairly quick on the turnaround on the ACP grants. So um, I'm hopeful that we will have an answer. Um, I know the submission is due sometime in January, so I would expect um, possibly by March we would have an answer. I thought our uh, decision was to go to arbitration right away and skip all the other steps. Are you now saying that uh, uh, administration is recommending we go to mediation and then? The ACP grant does not cover arbitration. It only covers mediation. If council right, wants to. I understand that. But, yeah. but we, my, uh, my recollection is that uh, council wanted to, wanted to go to uh, uh, arbitration uh, and skip all the other steps. And in fact, I think we communicated that to the MD of Peace. So um, this seems like a change in direction. I understand. Um, and, and so I, I'm assuming that administration is recommending that, uh, that we go go to mediation because there are monies to to finance that rather than go to arbitration right away then. 
because that, that that was the direction to which to go to arbitration. Uh, yes, Mr. Good and then Mr. Scamillard. Um, yeah, my understanding was um, that we had agreed that we were going to arbitration, and I think, um, Mr. Mayor, you, you know, that was a very good conversation we had at the MDF piece and very straightforward on both sides that that was where it was going. Um, that doesn't preclude discussing the option, but I think it was made very clear to the MDF piece at that time that that was where we're going, and I think you made it very clear and supported Council's decision, and that was appreciated. Yeah, so, you know, I, I don't, uh, I'm taking, that was also what you were going to say, Mr. Scamahorn then? Yeah, and just kind of maybe to extend the reasoning, it would be silly to pay for two thirds of mediation that we all happily agreed with the MD of Peace that we would skip anyways. So um, maybe uh, if this motion were made, I would be inclined to defeat it. So, um... Well, I, I guess it's just, um, yeah, I just want to pursue this a little further, Mr. Town. So you, there is a feeling on administration's part that, and, and uh, perhaps you, perhaps this was initiated by the MB of Peace, but, uh, is do you think that it's in our best interest to mediate first um, particularly given given that um, uh, uh, a portion of those costs will be uh, uh, will be covered and that you think that uh, we will come up with a reasonable settlement I think um, I have, I'm leaving the prediction game. I really don't know what, what the outcome of this will be. Um, and it's been that way through the whole RCF process. Um, I will admit I am presenting this on behalf of the CAO who had initiated this. So, um, I, if there were other conversations that did happen that I'm not aware of, um, I can't say for certain. I think the final thing I'll say is even if council does approve and make this motion, um, that doesn't preclude us from um, declining it or choosing another tack. This is just a funding opportunity that we're looking at, but we do not have to take advantage of the funding um, if we choose to do or council directs us to do something different. Um, well, given that there's been some time and effort put uh, that is being put together by, um, well, I imagine uh, the, uh, the grants and special projects coordinator uh, and the uh, and the CAO. I uh, I'm inclined. I I I'd want to table. Is there time to? I guess there isn't time to table this to the next meeting. Um, Your, Your Worship, in the uh, background, it does say that the grant is due February 5th. Is that correct, Ruth? That's what I see. 
Um, I haven't seen the application. It's either February 5th or January 5th. I'm not certain which. Uh, bear with me. Let me see. I also understand, and I don't want to speak over you there, Ruth. Um, DMD uh, 135's council is also considering a, a similar motion for the application, and they seem supportive of the mediation mediation process. So I, again, I'm I'm not familiar with the discussions that had happened between the two parties specifically. So um, I will just add that as information. Director Town, I can send you that if you wish, just for some background. It was very preliminary. And yes, the uh, deadline is the 5th of February for the mediation component. Yep. So there is some time. So there and to, is time. to offer council another perspective as well, just because we've applied for the grant, and even if we get the grant, you know, it doesn't mean we have to use the grant funding if that's if we decide to go in another direction. Yes, Mr. Skittlehorn. Um, I'm I'm inclined to agree with the mayor about waiting on this one, perhaps then as well question though is if we do wait does that give administration enough time to apply and do the the job on it that they would like to do up to their standard is there, is there time there for that and because i think i'd like to hear from the cao perhaps on this as well if, if that's possible too yeah it's it's my understanding the grant application is substantively done this is just one of the final steps we'd have to do to complete it Mr. Good. I think one of the key lines I read here is that they have, um, this is a joint application, which gives me an indication that both parties are kind of wanting to go there or wanting it to be considered. And I think I, you know, I agree with you and I agree with uh, Mr. Scamhorn that if, if talking will get you further than arbitration, then why would you stop talking? If it could work, I mean, if it can't, if we if we make the decision, as you said, the mediation is not going to go anywhere. We don't have to spend any money on it. So I, yeah, I kind of like your idea of having it tabled to a meeting in January. Maybe could could you can we um, have a motion to table to a meeting in January for a decision? Well, I how do we go about tabling uh, an item? or a future date, Ms. McQuaig, perhaps you could advise us on that. Uh, council can move to direct administration to defer this to the first regular meeting in January. It's a deferral, not a table. Okay. But council may certainly direct that. Okay. Is there somebody that wishes to make that motion? Mr. Needham? You're out. All in favor? Okay. Yeah, that would be such a departure from uh, from from what we had decided that I think we need to uh, wait to get the CAO's input. Um, Shaftesbury Water and Sewer Realignment Expropriation, um, item number seven. Good evening, Council. 
I am here to present on the proposed expropriation for water and sanitary lines uh, along the Shaftesbury Trail. So we are proposing to expropriate land within the Upper West Peace uh, North area, which has otherwise been known as the Citadel area over the last decade or so, uh, which you can see on figure one of the uh, RFD. And the purpose here is to realign the water and sanitary lines which currently run along, along the Shaftesbury Trail, along the uh, east side of the Shaftesbury Trail, so along the edge of the river. And um, we will be proposing to move those lines to run within the Upper West Peace North area. Those lines are at the end of their life and they do need to be realigned. And they also need to be moved away from the edge of the river uh, because of the geotechnical stability and slope issues that we have ongoing in that area. And we are proposing that the engineering has looked at the, um, the options for how to align these lines and the proposed alignment that we have working right now is the most practical uh, from an engineering standpoint, being cost effective and, and constructible. And you can see the proposed alignment on figure three of the RFD. So we have been working with the landowner in this area since January to update the area structure plan to be consistent with this proposed alignment, uh, which is mutually beneficial both for the town and that we have an area structure plan that is consistent with our intended infrastructure and is also beneficial for the landowner because we were updating the area structure plan to something that is more readily developable for them. But we have run into a bit of a snag when it comes to issues around the stormwater. And at the moment, we're not convinced that we will be able to get to uh, an agreed upon area structure plan that is good for both the town and the landowner quickly enough to allow for the construction of this these uh, infrastructure lines to take place which needs to happen this year uh, because of the grant a grant that is helping to fund the infrastructure so therefore we are looking to to undertake the or to begin the expropriation process which would give us a second avenue to try and gain access to this portion of land uh, the intention here is that we will continue to work on the area structure plan with the landowner because we do want a plan that is consistent with the alignment of the infrastructure and we also do want to to try and make the land more developable but we're not sure that we can do it as quickly as the project demands so in order to do the expropriation uh, council needs to provide a resolution or approve a, approve a resolution to that effect and we have provided very specific language that we council would need to move uh, to to move to move this forward. We do also have, I'll just highlight attachment two shows the lands that we would be looking to expropriate. So we're not aiming to expropriate the entirety of the parcel, only the the land that we need, the primary land that we need for the infrastructure alignment, and then we also have an an area that is a working area that we would take for a short period of time and then when we were done with it, that would be reverted back to the landowner. So attachment to primary alignment um, on the first page. The second page shows the working area adjacent to that primary alignment. And then pages three and four show the same uh, for the, when the infrastructure goes to the north. So I can, I'll just very clearly, 
we are asking and recommending that council move that the commencement of the expropriation process under the Expropriation Act be approved to acquire the land set out and legally described in attachment one and at, as at least approximately shown on the diagrams in attachment to the subject properties and the interest in the subject properties described in attachment one. And that administration move be approved to enter into an agreement pursuant to section 30 of the act with an owner set out in attachment one where the owner is willing to consent to the acquisition and that administration be approved pursuant to sections 15, 35 and 39 of the act to pay reasonable, the reasonable appraisal and other costs incurred by it and the reasonable legal appraisal and other costs actually and reasonably incurred by an owner described in attachment one. So uh, what you're saying is if um, the mover uh, just uh, re uh, moves to adopt option one uh, of the uh, of the uh, as as presented by administration that should be sufficient right we don't have to read it all out do we as presented yes, as presented with all three motions uh, option one as presented okay Yes. Oh, you you want three motions, or you or you want one motion that has three parts to it, and and so the mover could just say, uh, I move that uh, uh, that council adopt option one as presented by administration. Yes, I think that would be sufficient. Although I'll defer to Ms. McBeg to confirm that. Uh, my apologies. Could you restate that, please? Is it sufficient for council to say option one as presented rather than read the entirety of the motion? Yes, that's acceptable since the minutes will be reviewed prior to approval and council will have any opportunity to do so. If council wishes, I can read the motion into the record. I, I think we'll, we'll just have the mover just uh, 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 adopt a, uh, option one. Um, may uh, I ask a question, uh, yeah. Mr. Mayor? Thank you. So this is kind of one of those powers that we have that we kind of we'd really like to avoid using if we could. Um, so correct, just yeah. just for the sake of my own comfort and for the viewing pleasure of those watching or whatever, when when the grant money that's available for this approximately how much are we talking about here so uh i think we're talking close to three million dollars uh, of grant money that's uh, ranged to uh fund the remainder of the uh shaftesbury water and sewer projects uh on the small communities fund uh and that was one that i went back to uh the federal government this year and asked for a one-year extension so we have until the end of uh, 2021 to finish uh, the Shaftesbury sewer uh, trunk main projects uh, that are going to be going through the Upper Peace West lands and also for lift station number four in Lower West Peace. So those are the projects that we've uh, are being uh, completed next year in 2021. And we've been working with this landover land 
landowner for the past two years to secure uh, right away and uh, for these new lines going through there. But uh, we've just kind of run out of time on go going back and forth with the landowner on trying to satisfy all uh, his points of concern there. And I think uh, we've been fairly reasonable going all the way through there. And you're right, this is a, a means of last resort. So just, sorry, Mr. Needham, to finish my question, I apologize. Um, so this is no trifling amount and would have a severe impact on the tax rate for everybody involved. I'm, this job that we need to accomplish is not optional at this point. Um, and $3 million worth of delay is certainly what's necessitating us having to, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm presuming the vote voting at least voting toward potentially doing this okay yeah, thank uh, you sorry mr needham go ahead yes your worship yeah just uh thinking out loud here i too would agree that I, perhaps some people would think this is a little heavy-handed and it certainly is an option that uh is sort of the last arrow in the quiver for many municipalities but having said that we do pay fair market value for this land uh, and in addition, the developer will still have access to these utilities afterwards. So uh, in my mind, it's, uh, uh, there is some mitigation. The mitigation is fair market value. And two, we're really making that area, uh, uh, all the services will be available to the, to the landowner as he goes forward with his subdivision. So uh, again, it's, uh, I, I think there's some, uh, there's some positive here as well along with the two-year delay and it's uh, time is marching on so I think we need to uh, we need to move forward yeah and as Miss Modi uh, stated you know it doesn't prohibit us from carrying on and seeing if we can resolve this in uh, in another way and withdraw the expropriation later if we if we can reach that accommodation by uh, by end of May but if we don't uh, just due to the the length of the expropriation process, we need to start that process now. Okay. Do you want to make a motion here then, Mr. Needham? Certainly, uh, Your Worship, I would make a motion that Council adopt uh, option one as presented. Okay. Any uh, additional comments or questions? Yeah, I'm going to call a point of order on myself. I, I threw to Councillor Needham, and that's not my job, that's yours, Mr. Mayor, so my apologies. No worries. Okay, all in favor of the motion? It's passed. Um, I believe we're at reports and there are none. <laughs> uh, that then takes us to information. Uh, there's two items under information. Uh, temporary patio, patio pilot project. Um, is does engineering want to speak to that i'll speak to that your worship okay. uh, the town in 2020 and sorry the rfd accidentally says 2021 but in or the briefing note in 2020 uh, the town was approached by a number of restaurants to expand their operations uh, into public space to adjacent to their building to allow them to have a larger capacity especially with the restrictions related to covid uh, so instead of dealing individually with those, the town decided to develop a temporary outdoor patio and retail space pilot project. And that 
pilot project operated through uh, this year from June until uh, November of this year. It was successful. We had three businesses uh, take up our the patio option. And I, I think they were all well done and, and successful in terms of the patrons enjoying using them. So we have decided that since COVID has continued as a situation that we are all having to deal with, that we would like to extend this pilot project into 2021. So we have updated the process, um, mostly just having to tweak the timelines associated with it. Other than that, the pilot project worked really well. Uh, people provided the information they need, that they needed to provide and uh, we didn't have any complaints. So we're happy to extend it and we just wanted to let council know that we are doing that. Uh, we did give Alberta Transportation and the Chamber of Commerce both time to provide any feedback that they might have. Alberta Transportation was specific in terms of the dates that they were willing to contemplate temporary patios adjacent to the, uh, the highways that run through town. Uh, but other than that, we didn't receive any tweaks to the, to the content of the pilot project. So we are moving forward and we just wanted to make sure that council was aware. So you put these people in the express lane, cut them out. We have created an express lane. I missed out. Your Worship, I just wanted to add that at the last chamber executive meeting, this did come up and uh, was very well received by the chamber. They're really happy that uh, we are accommodating businesses in this manner. So thanks to Alicia and her team. And which businesses uh, took advantage of this uh, pilot project? Uh, Mr. Mike's. Peace River Brewing and Wild Grill. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, and um, uh, there's a letter from the City of Coal Lake regarding the COVID 19 alert mobile application. Uh, there's somebody that wants to just summarize that one for us. Or were you expecting us to read that letter? <laughs> I would believe everyone was expected to read the letter. Um, <laughs> there isn't a specific action required of council on this. It is purely for your information. The Cold Lake is just advocating for uh, uh, the federal app. Yeah. That's unlike Cold Lake. They're very uh, provincially centered. Well, they are very provincially applauding through their letter, but it's the proximity to Saskatchewan and their inter-provincial crossings is some of their logic. Do they have a higher uh, COVID rate than us or what? You know, I haven't looked. Um, <laughs> so I'm not sure. Uh, which actually does somewhat bring up a question is, uh, and I'll let administration uh, stew over this. Should we, given that the province has come out with a uh, mandatory mask requirement, should we repeal ours so that there is no, uh, no confusion? Because I think there may, I think the penalties may even differ. I believe they do. Administration needs to look into this further um, to to see what our options are. Mr. Ford, do you want to weigh in? Yeah, my under my understanding of it is our uh, our mask bylaw would actually be 
not applicable right now because yeah. the higher authority, which is the province, overrides any uh, masking bylaw within the province. Yeah. So I don't think we have to do anything with it. Just leave it as is. Well, yeah. and that would be one of the options is to look at leaving our bylaw in place for future needs, depending on how long the provincial by or um, masking requirement is in place for. Director Town, you unmuted, so I'm assuming you have more information. No, as, no, as um, Councillor Ford kind of reiterated it, then yeah, um, I will share that. Um, the province has given us authority to um, act on their on their restrictions and and ticket or issue tickets on their behalf. So um, I, it's clear that the provincial um, public order does does trump ours. Yeah. Okay. One more question, Your Worship. Oh yeah. Okay. When it uh, when it comes to enforcement, in, in am I to understand correctly that? That enforcement can be done by our local peace officers, RCMP, as well as, uh, um, oh, what's the other? Sheriffs. Group? Uh, sheriffs. Uh, public health. Public health. Yeah, yeah. Public health. And there's one other group out there, the uh, conservation officer. Fisheries. They give oh, it to yeah. fisheries. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you can't fish without a mask. Is that what they're saying? Only indoors, sir. <laughs> well, if you're in an ice shack, I guess you're indoors. Correct. <laughs> um, so if I could have a motion just to accept uh, items 10.1 and 10.2 for information. Mr. Goodgood, all in favor? Uh, are there any notices of motion, uh, Ms. Bell? There are none, Your Worship. Uh, do we have any comments from the public, Ms. Yu? We have none. Okay. And um, uh, key communication items. So uh, um, uh, what items do you feel are, uh, would be key calm items uh, from this particular meeting? Um, we've got the passing of bylaw 2079 um, budget, which is an ongoing item. Uh, we'll be updating that as we proceed. Um, and uh, we've got the upcoming Santa visit through town, which uh, Councillor Downing has been involved in helping to put together, as well as the um, uh, extension of the patio pilot project. Okay, good. Um, have you had any inquiries from the local press that they want to want to want us to address, or any communications from the local press that might be watching? Or uh, we have had a request from the uh, Northwest radio station looking to talk to somebody about uh, year in review. I, I think I passed right. it along to you. Yeah. Um, we'll, uh, I'll answer that, I guess. Perhaps just send me that email again. Yep, and I wasn't can do that. there wasn't there an, another year in review one as well? Uh, yeah, there's one from the South Peace News today as well. Okay. And that's uh, that's essentially the Smoky and Peace River Express. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um 
Okay, very good. Um, so we will recess and come back in uh, 10, 15 minutes for the in-camera sessions.